It's bad ink jam, but not as we know it. This is bad. Tonight, are we in a state of irreversible decline? What's the reason? What can be done about it? And if there is a solution, who on earth is going to put it into action? Or is everything just great? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Bashcast, brought to you by BookingBashing.net, betting at 100.1 and above. This is Bashcast episode number 148, to filthy each way box dream of electric sheep it is. 14 minutes past three on Friday the 11th of October 2019. Coming up tonight on the Bashcast. The most extraordinary game of football you'll ever see in Serie A between Genoa and AC Milan. And the Shriners Hospital for Children Open comes to a close in the PGA. But the question is, who won it? And were we on him? We're getting nowhere here. Look, uh, Barry Gibb, do you know who won? No? Okay, Michael, do you know who won? Do you know who won the Shriners? Okay. Enika Mosey, do you have a clue? What about you? Look, I could do this forever. In fact, I am going to. If you want to fast forward this, you might want to fast forward about two minutes. Go on, Will Smith, tell me. That's right, Backstreet. 10 points for this one. But who did win the Shriners Hospital? Okay, let's go on with the Bashcast. Not yet. Okay, so... Okay, last one, I promise. That's enough. So, last weekend in the golf. Okay, this is it. Last one. I'm irritating myself now. In the Shriners last week, the PGA Tour. I got a million of these. Look, we weren't completely devoid of options had Patrick Cantley beaten Kevin Nahr in the playoff in the Shriners for Hospital. Um, you know, Can't Lay Stop Loving You by Aerosmith. Anybody? You Can't Lay Stop Rock and Roll, Twisted Sister? Am I on my own here? Is this thing on? Tough crowd tonight. Okay, listen, before we get to the Shriners Hospital, Tall. Genoa versus AC Milan on Saturday the 5th of October. Uh, this was the evening last sort of game of the... You, you have a t- 
long Saturday. I have a long Saturday, especially with the Rugby World Cup. Starts at five in the morning. This is the 7.45pm match. Sports seems to be going on forever at this point. Hands up if you had over 155 booking points in this game. So one of the bets I had... Um, Shoot me if this wasn't necessarily plus EV in the tracker. Um, I mean, let, let's just be clear. I place. If you look at my betting portfolio, you can prove that seventy percent are plus EV, twenty percent are whiffy. They might be plus EV, they might be negative EV, and ten percent are probably negative EV by the front. This is a whiffy bet. The negative EV ones, that's all about... There was discussion about this recently in the forum. It's all about giving something back, right? You take £100,000 from a bookmaker, you give them ten grand back. That's just the way it works. If you don't give them that, then they don't do business with you anymore. It doesn't. It's not going to stop restrictions, but it's playing the game, right? There's a game to be played, and that's what it is. You give a little bit back. In a casino, if you just buy-in for the bonuses, you find that you don't get any more bonuses after a while. Occasionally, you have to buy in without bonuses. And even when you do that, you know, neck time, get rid of you. So, uh, great sports offered 23 on Saturday. Was a corner taken in each 15-minute segment in each of tonight's AC Milan and Villa Real matches, okay? So, not only do we have low data confidence on this bet, I wasn't even convinced it was the lowest 6, 17 farons, but I like the sound of it keeping me interested I like the sound you know William Hill genuinely think that all these bets are negative EV the more you bet on these in store the more they're going to like you you'll never get anyone that's banned from betting on these unless they're only banned betting on the ones that are four to back and 1.1 pharaohs so this is let's just forget the Villarreal component of this bet for now Uh, let's just talk about AC Milan so it was Genoa Versus AC Milan. It was nil-nil into the 41st minute um, when Genoa took the lead. Don't worry about that. There was a corner in the first 15. There was a corner 30, uh, 15 to 30. There was a corner 30 to 45. So the first half triggered. We needed the second half to come in. We got a corner between 45 and 60. We got a corner between 60 and 75. And we needed a corner to the... Um, between 75 and the end of the game. By this point, there was no one left in the pitch. There was over 160 booking points in this game. There were four red cards. There were... How many yellow cards were there? Let me just click on... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight yellow cards, four red cards. Okay? (laughs) Um... And we need uh, we need a quarter. And in the ninety fourth minute of the game, um, and there were only meant to be three minutes of extra time, um, the ball is in the Genoa penalty area. It looks like it's going to be deflected um, for a corner, and we're going to win. But. Ex-Liverpool goalkeeper Rina brought down Christian Kwame just before the ball was going to go out. And that meant that instead of a corner, AC Milan were going to get a penalty. And it was beyond extra time, so it looked like it was going to be over. The only way we could win this is if Rina saved the penalty and pushed it out for a corner in a match that had had 165 booking points Three goals, a corner in every 15-minute segment. My 16-to-1 bet between Villarreal and AC Milan receiving a corner taken in each 15-minute segment of uh, both games came down to Rina having not just to save this penalty, but to tap it out for a throw-in, and that's exactly what it did. It was the most extraordinary finish to a bet I ever had. In my entire life. Probably no less extraordinary was the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open in the PGA. Um, we had Kevin Nahr at Skybet, 70 to 1. We had suggested you put £5 on him if your bankroll is £1,000. If your bankroll for golf is £5,000, 25 quid on him at 70 to 1. 
Um, hoping for a couple more places in both tournaments. Otagoy showed really good form at 150 to 1 in the Open de España, but fell away just a little bit. I, I put a tweet up saying that Hao Tong Lee was the man for the Open de España. Didn't even make the cut. That aged quickly, didn't it? Um, and good showings by Miguel Jimenez, but nobody. It was a it was a full bust on the Open de España. There were some place options in the Shriners Hospital. Harmon and Moore both did very well. I actually logged Moore as a place by accident with a copy and paste error. The good thing is I can't really be fudging these results because I did accidentally put Ryan Moore up as placing in the Shriners Hospital for Children's Open and then I put it up for people to review and someone turns around and looks at it and says that's wrong and I'm like yep it is wrong I didn't do it on purpose I'm not making results up to make myself look good I just it was a copy paste error did you never make a copy paste error in your entire life did you not did you really not so yeah I put Ryan Moore originally up as placing he didn't place we did have Kevin Nah. now Kevin Nah was leading I think second round third round no one needs all through the first to fourth. Uh, he was winning from the second and the third. And then the problem with the Shriners Hospital for Children Open, as the last few tournaments, PGA tournaments in America, have been, they are all on the west coast of America. This one was in Nevada. We've had California. We've had Washington. Just the west coast of America is not kind to my body clock. I've got small children. What am I going to do? Sleep in all morning. That's not happening. My son doesn't let me. So I watched maybe holes one and two of the Strider's Hospital and I fell asleep. I fell asleep on the couch with the golf on for about four hours, right? <laughs> what I missed was Kevin Nart hitting a triple bogey on the 11th. I don't know if that swung him, swung him into second place or not. I didn't sort of back date the results, but what did happen is I woke up on the couch uh, at 1.45 in the morning. The telly has this like automatic switchy offy thing with it. So it turned off, it was dark. I looked at my watch, it said it was 1.30 in the morning. I was a bit disorientated. I was like, well, the golf must have finished. So I'm going to go to, I'm going to climb upstairs, go to bed, sneak next to Jen, hopefully don't wake her up. But before I do that, I'll have a look at, um, who's won the golf because the difference between Kevin Nahr winning and Kevin Nahr not winning is a monthly salary for most people, for me. So I looked at her phone and it was like, Patrick Cantley first, Kevin Nahr first. I was like, What's, what, this doesn't make any sense. What's going on here? It slowly dawned on me that we were in our third playoff. I was like, okay, all right, okay, let's turn it on. And I turned the telly on and they were both chipping onto the green and they both chipped within about seven feet of the hole. And it's like, you know, if I'm seven feet from the hole, that is a one in 10 putt. But these guys, it is a nine in 10 putt. So they're both within 10 feet. You both, you think, well, this is going to go to another playoff. And Patrick Cantley misses his putt. And I couldn't, it couldn't quite dawn on me the difference, what impact that was going to make. But the difference between... Patrick Cantley sinking that putt and then going to another hall and winning and me only getting place money on Kevin Nahr, which I haven't done the maths, but probably would have been a loss for week 21. And Kevin Nahr winning was chalk and cheese. Let's bring up the graph here. That What that means is that we have now had four winning weeks in a row since somebody said to me, it doesn't work anymore and quit. What, what bad timing. He quit it possibly the worst moment because we've just had an upswing ever since then oh well can take take a man to water you can't you can you can lead a man you can lead a horse to a man but you can't make it lick his face um we have had three significant weeks of profit in a row weeks 19 20 and 21 and we have increased our bankroll, which started at £1,000 21 weeks ago to £4,153, simply using static date-stamped selections from the tracker, which incidentally is not the way you should be using it. It's, it's, it's restricting. I don't use the tracker like that. My golf betting portfolio was not the recommendations on site. A couple of reasons why. One, I can't get a bet on a sky bet, which hurts. Um, 
Um, and two, there are golfers that are positive expectation at other times. So it's like, you know, this is just a proof of concept to show that the tracker works. And that proof of concept has turned a thousand pound bankroll into 4,153. Someone was talking about staking and bankroll. I don't know. This is, this is difficult for me, right? Staking and bankroll. So I suggested, right? Here's how I normally attack new projects. I have a gambling bankroll. Okay, it might be a little bit larger than most people's, but it is still a gambling bankroll. By that, I mean I, I have absolutely no affinity to it. I, I have no need for it other than to make more money out of. If I lose my gambling bankroll, it's okay. Okay, right? I will survive and move on and go on to other projects. Um, within my gambling bankroll, I have subsets of gambling bankroll. Right. So I have some for casino, which instantly is not doing a hell of a lot right now. I'm receiving like zero, zero reloads in my inbox. I've got some for request a Betty, pick your punty stuff. I've got some for shop offers and I've got some for X, Y and Z. It's all separated out into categories. It's just the way I like to deal with it. And that means that if one of them goes wrong, goes tits up and busts then i can reload it but i can also really keep an eye on that on what's going on within that bankroll right so let's say i've got like you know five grand for william hill shop offers and then i bust it i'm like okay am i being a bit loosey am i running bad do i i mean like within each of the categories it's likely that the the sample size is very low but the act of busting it means that I'm going to have a look at it really closely. And it's like the same with the golf. So I imagine that you might put a thousand pounds on the golf. Um, and then if you had, I provide staking, staking suggestions based on that. And you'd be at four thousand pounds just now. Uh, you might be happy with 10 grand on the golf, in which case you're putting on 10 times the stakes that I'm suggesting, which becomes logistically a little bit difficult. At that point, you need to be putting like 40 pounds on each way at Ladbrokes, which, you know, shops would take, uh, sorry, 40 pounds each way at Ladbrokes at 66 to 1, which shops would take, you know what the online world's like, you know, you might have to pull in a favour from somebody or somebody else to get those kind of stakes on. Um um but you know if you've got a 10 grand bankroll you probably understand what the limitations and difficulties of getting money on at that those stakes are so listen all, all, all i was trying to say i was mentioning this the other day is that the bankroll started which was one thousand pounds it could we could bust it we could easily go on a one thousand pound downswing at any point um using this methodology um i would hope we didn't but it wouldn't be beyond the realms of expectation. Anyway, so we are uh, we are doing well in the golf as we have been in recent weeks. Anyway, look short first half this week, guys. You are listening to the Bashcast, and it's brought to you by BookyBashing.net. Start out of black.
welcome back to the Bashcast. That's Ben Longcall's Soul, the Soul Man from the album Ben Longcall's Soul 2010. It's a good song that my wife and I got married to that song. Well, big jokes. We actually got married to Jay Z and Linkin Park, Num Encore, rapping it to each other, but we had that um, Frenchman's song in the background. In the bookie bashing news, a man releases a bot to go and place filthy each ways automatically on your computer when you are not there. Okay, is this a bad thing? Um, my ten cents. Yes, it's a, it really is a bad thing. It's a bad thing for four reasons. Okay, it's a bad thing because it disenfranchises the owner from the product it's a bad thing because it's lazy it's a bad thing because of automation it's a bad thing because in summary it is cheating so filthy each ways are bread and butter betting um quite a lot of concept advantage play is derived from the fact that bookmaking is inefficient when it comes to paid places you very often can get a better um, terms on the place component of your bet than the probability of that thing happening and that can be taken advantage of and that kind of filthy each way betting advantage play has been going on for years from the guys down at the tracks who would uh, suddenly pop up and stick 200 pounds on the five to one horse for the first time in the day when there is uh, an odds-on favorite all the way to, you know, playing the field in the golf when Tiger was a big, big um, favourite, short price favourite. You could often get very decent each way place terms for the second, third, fourth favourite in the field. Now, if you bet too many, as they're known, filthy each ways... Filthy each way is defined as a field where there is a short-priced favourite. And you tend to be betting on the the next couple in the field. But, you know, the long shots can also be value. But that is a filthy each way. It's a really short-priced favourite and you're betting on anyone else but the favourite. And you're betting each way and you're not expecting them to win. You're taking advantage of the fact that you've got really good place terms because the place is 1 divided by x, 1 divided by 4. If you're lucky, 1 divided by 5. Sometimes 1 divided by 6. Sometimes 1 divided by 3. haven't seen that for years. Right? Um, now, what will happen is if you exclusively bet on fields where there is a short price favorite and you're betting to place the um, um, anyone else, essentially, well, that's not too difficult for a trader or the bookmaker to look at your betting profile and say, you know what, this guy knows what he's doing in terms of the filthy each ways places he knows he knows the trick the secret's out the rabbits are the hat for this guy so we're going to limit him he's only allowed to place one percent of stakes of somebody who isn't aware that there is an edge to be had here okay and therefore as a bookmaker i'm protecting my income there's nothing wrong with any of that business concept that's all fine you know you can't allow limitless people to bet limitless amounts on limitless each way races. There's an environment, there's an ecology out there that needs to survive and sustain. As Even as advantage players, we wouldn't want that because the whole thing collapses around our ears and we're left with sawdust. So it's okay that we, people get limited for placing filthy each ways. Here's the slight weirdness, okay? through whatever reason i've never particularly understood it online bookmakers don't tend to limit you to zero they limit you to pennies some limit you to 50p others limit you to two pound i think i don't know i haven't checked i haven't tried to play the filthy each way i'm a bet 365 account that was limited in 2011 but i'd imagine what three pounds on a eight to one maybe if i'm lucky i don't know i haven't checked look three pounds on an eight to one at one to four odds 
I'm getting two to one on the place, right? Could win six pounds on the place. Forget the win component. Could win six pounds on the place. Okay, I'm not going to feed my kids and pay my mortgage with six pounds on the place, but let's imagine uh, I could place ten of these bets. The problem with that is it's boring. It's boring sitting around placing two pound filthy each way bets. You have to sit there, you have to wait for the right conditions, you have to wait for a steamer. One thing you can do to limit your liability and your risk is you can lay the win component of the bet. And that, so you, you're, you're now, you know, beforehand you were definitely taking a loss on the win and you were taking an um, a, a advantage play on or a, a beneficial price on the place. But by laying the win, you reduce your variance massively. Like loads, you reduce your variance. It doesn't actually matter in the long term about your betting profile. You'll win as many as you lose. You hedge as many as you don't hedge. You know, it's a bit dumb. If you don't understand the mathematics of betting, then you would lay the win, right? It's a bit dumb to do it. Um, it's a, it's just a waste of time, essentially. And if you're paying commission, you're actually losing money in the long run. If you're not paying commission, well, it's just it's gutless. Um, but you could lay the win and then only have this massive advantage on the place part, and you could make money doing that, albeit peanuts, because you're betting at low odds, um, and you're winning 130, 140, 150% EV bets. Now, someone's come along, he's not the first person to do it, this is at least the fifth attempt I've seen at this. But it's by far the most wide-scale attempt I've seen at it. He's come along with a bot. And he said, install the bot on your computer and go to work. And you don't even have to be around to place the bets. You can just set the bot off and go to work and, you know... Iron those carpets and twiddle your thumbs and pull the knobs and blow the whistles. And when you come home in the evening after a hard day's work with your screaming children and your nagging wife, you will see that your bot on your computer has played not placed 9,876 bets and you have made 10p on each of those bets. So you've made 987 bucks, whatever. This is the dream that is sold, okay? I actually think it's something like, I don't know. You, know, you could make a fiver a day on a Bet365 account. Do you have 10 Bet365 accounts? You could make £50 a day. The average person is making £100 a day in their job, maybe. I don't even know if that's true or not. But So £50 a day can't be sneezed at if you have the opportunity to do it. So, so he sold this system where you can install the bot and you can place the bets on your computer. My opinion is that it is very clever and very profitable for the guy that has sold it. It's completely the wrong direction for him or his customers to be going in. Here are the reasons why. First of all, the disassociation, I don't think it's wise to be creating bots that disassociate the user from the betting. The user cannot be expected to press start on a computer program, fuck off, and then come back and see profit and go, wow, I made profit. What does that do to the user? It disassociates them from the methodology and the process. They become stupider as a result. The long-term net effect of them becoming stupider by, become, be, by being disassociated from the process is that they're told you do not have to understand why something works. You just have to know that it does because there's a big button. It's probably green. It probably says start across it. And if you press it, you'll make money. Don't have to understand why you're making money. You just have to press the big green button that says start and go to your work with your carpets and your nagging wife and come home and see that extra £50 a day in your bank balance. That disassociation does absolutely nothing for you or the person using the programme. The person using the programme 
is none the wiser. In fact, he's worse than none the wiser, or she. They're told, do not ask questions. Press buttons and leave alone and see profit. Well, how do you, as an associate of that person, benefit from the fact that you have removed any kind of thought process or intelligence from that person? doesn't help you at all. How does it help them? What are they going to do next? Let's just say, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm really, really sort of stretching the, the boundaries of reality here. Let's just say this bot, the place is filthy each way bets, isn't going to be around forever. What has happened as a result of that disassociation? All you've done is introduced an element of laziness. And this brings me to my next point. You see, none of us, me or hopefully you, can expect profit to land in our lap. I, I genuinely think, right, okay. There aren't very many people that listen to the Bashcast. There never have been. There's a few hundred. Uh, and I don't know who they are. Um, I would expect that the majority of them are not lazy bettors. They're, um, they're inquisitive. They want to understand why things work. They're proactive. And I don't mean proactive in a very lazy business word. I mean proactive in a kind of, you know what? They want to know how things work. The engine's broken down. They phone the RAC. They're talking to the RAC. Man, why is the engine broken down? What's going on here? How does this work? Where is this fitted? Okay. Laziness is not trying to understand the mathematical principles principles that underlie a particular edge you see the filthy each way edge that applies to horse racing is really quite simple to understand and when you understand it you can apply it to 101 other placings i mean heaven forbid the golf model whilst it's a little bit more complicated and brings other data forms in the essential core of it is a bias that exists in the place terms even at one to five odds with the bookmaker. I mean, everything is underpinned by this. And incidentally, bookmakers years ago should have got rid of one divided by X odds and, and place terms and come up with another system which would, you know, get significantly end the run of a number of advantage players. Imagine you're just the guy that plugs your computer into the filthy each way bot and then goes to work and then that evening all the bookmakers they've got rid of one to X odds and instead they just are, they offer fixed odds on the place like the exchanges do, which is a possibility in the future. You're screwed at that point because you're so damn lazy, you don't know what to do next. You don't have any tools in your armory. You're 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 really weak at that point. Laziness is not good. Laziness and disenfranchisement means that you're ill-prepared for changing shape in the future. You know, I don't want anyone to be lazy. I can provide... I, I'm happy to provide tools. One of the major reasons I'm providing tools is that I like sharing stuff. And I hope people like sharing stuff with me. I want to learn off other people. And I wouldn't be providing tools. I'm not sitting giving you spreadsheets, go take these and use them and make money. Like, take them and find some stuff out and come back and talk to me and share your spreadsheets with me. There's a guy that shared his spreadsheet with me today. There's a conversation about how do you model win both halves. And I honestly have no clue. Absolutely none. But there are a lot of others out there that have had a crack at this. It's a complicated problem. And they're seeing things that I don't see. They're not the lazy ones with the filthy each way bots, the disenfranchised and the disassociated. So, okay, but you could argue as a Starbucks manufacturer, do you care if your customers are really coffee aficionados? Do they have to know about coffee? Do they have to understand about the coffee bean? Or cannot can they not just be some sort of... Um, some sort of, you know, one after the other industrial line kind of rake it in by pulling them through. Well, that automation is also bad. The automation of having all of the people doing all of the same thing at the same time is eventually, obviously, going to get you identified, right? It's a bot 
that's placing bets on the same horses in the same races at the same time over the same um, race uh, sort of framework, right? So I don't know how the bot works. I haven't got it, but I imagine it pulls up Chepstow, sees an opportunity, bets on the second favourite, closes it down, pulls up new market, sees the second favourite, bets on him, closes it down. The pattern recognition to figure out that there is automation going on there would be relatively straightforward for anyone with ABC coding skills, right? So there's a risk involved there. There's a risk involved in the automation. The risk involved is that will the bookmaker figure out what's going on here? Because if he does figure out what's going on here, if I am selling a service to a number of people that are logging on to Bet365 and allowing the bot to place the bets on the filthy each-way horses and Bet365 figure it out. Is there a risk that Bet365 are going to say, okay, this guy is um, costing us probably millions, genuinely probably millions. Can we do some pattern recognition with some accounts and close them? You could argue, what's that? how is that different to bookie bashing? The reason it's different to bookie bashing is I hope that we're breeding a culture of people that can think for themselves. And the first thing I thought of when I saw this this business concept was how can a man so perceivably intelligent come up with an idea so goddamn stupid? Really stupid. It should have been binned at concept stage, right? Because if you combine the disassociation with the laziness and the automation, it comes to one thing. It's cheating. It really is. That's what it is. You download a bot and go to work for the day and the bot places bets on filthy each-way races and you come home and you've removed all the intelligence gathering from your activities. You were cheating. You were cheating the bookmaker. You were using a man's tool to cheat the bookmaker. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be involved with it. It's not something I'm interested in. I'm interested in in a battle. In the same way that risk-free match betting always sat very uneasy with me, so does any kind of bot that places bets on horse racing on filthy each ways. Even if it was you that sat there and placed the bets, that would be marginally better. It's the fact that it's a bot that's doing it. We were having a look at, I read that 80, no, not 80, 62% of America will have access to legalized sports betting by the end of 2020. Someone sent me a link and it was match betting in America. Do you remember how crazy it was in 2014, 2013? Everybody was match betting and then it became too much. And the match betters ruined it for all of us because they took and didn't give. And that effect was that anyone involved in advantage play, trying to get a bet on was difficult. Stakes became limited and things generally became harder because there was a group of people who were refusing to take a risk. They were just removing. It sucked. It sucked for the bookmaker and it sucked for the advantage player. Everybody was worse off other than the match betters. They were the only subgroup who were not worse off in this environment. Um, and that wasn't good. You don't want the match betters to be the ones that win because they're the only group that don't contribute. Even the advantage players lose now and then. The bookmakers obviously have some give and take. They, they, uh, yeah, they may have some slightly immoral processes and practices where they take a little bit more than they give but they are still there there are still two sides to the coin there's only one side of the coin with the match better and the risk-free arbitrage player uh, and that is to remove and i am not a fan i've never never have been anyone that's listened to the bash cast for as long as I've been doing it, must know that I'm not a fan of it. So in America, I've already started seeing websites saying matched betting in America. And I want to reach out to a few of my American pals. I have family, I have friends in America, and I do want to say to them that 
be very, very wary of a culture of match betting growing in America as sports betting becomes legitimized and legalized over there. Because we will go down, well, you will go down exactly the same route. First of all, everything will be great. And then a very small minority will simply remove some of the economy, a chunk of the economy. Imagine that Venn diagram, they go in like Pac-Man and chomp they just take a little chunk for themselves but they don't replace and the bookmakers will get pissed off rightfully so and they will start restricting and limiting like they weren't before and everything will be worse for everyone as a result of that small group of people now there's a little bit of double standards here as an advantage player who makes money out of bookmakers myself the difference the genuine difference in my in my mind and in my heart, and I mean this, is the fact that I'm willing to give a little bit back. Uh, I bet without hedging and I and I bet also not knowing that things are positive expectation. In fact, knowing that occasionally things are negative expectation. It's the game that we talked about at the beginning. Okay? I'm not disassociated. I'm not lazy. I'm not automated and I'm not cheating. Those four things... Disassociation, laziness, automation, and cheating. That's what that bot is. It's what that bot introduced. So, uh, my question is, do filthy each way bots dream of electric sheep? You've probably got enough time to do it. What's happening on the weekend? We have the Houston Open and the Italian Open. I haven't looked at this since the beginning of the Bashcast. Uh, I have money on Taylor Gooch, who is one off the lead. He wasn't on the tracker. Boo hiss. Mackenzie Hughes was. He was everywhere. But he's five shots off. It's quite a big gap coming up in this Houston Open. So this may be a bust for the um, tracker bets. If it is, we could bust this weekend, next weekend, the weekend after that, and the weekend after that, and it would still be fine. There was some outrage tonight on um, the Euro qualifying where um, we had a four to back and 1.1 to lay at eight o'clock in the morning. Now, let me just make something straight here. There's no way I can publicize that on the website on Bucky bashing. I'm aware of it because the photograph has been sent to me and I need to go through all 25 offers and calculate them, put up an estimated line. But believe me, I don't want, I'm not in the business of jumping on the forum and going, guys, guys, you can bet on this bet at three to one or four to one and it's 1.1. Do you know why? Because it may be palped. And if it's not palped, it'll be cut within seconds. So what's the benefit to me of telling everyone? I go and tell everyone there's this four to back, 1.1 to lay, or fair odds. I bet everyone tries to get on it. Nobody gets on it. Everyone's pissed off. That's how it works, right? It's so much better to be having bets that are like 14 to back and 12 fair odds, 13 to back and 10.5 fair odds. That's the kind of edge we're looking for, not four to back and 1.1 fair odds. So... Anyway, that was out there, and the, we, we have a network of people that send us photographs of the William Hill shop offers in the morning, and I send back my feedback, and my feedback was, this is four to back and 1.1 to lay, and it's probably going to be pumped. But it came in tonight. I don't know if it's going to be paid out or not. Hopefully it will. One that we had during the week, which is an interesting one, was... Which match was it? I'm trying to think. Was it the? It wasn't Australia Georgia. It was. Was it Wales versus Fiji, possibly? And the bet was for there to be a converted try in every twenty minutes of the game. And um, there are a number of different ways of working this out. I worked this out with an eighty percent conversion rate, and then after working that out, probably that was a bit high, eighty percent, and dropping it down to like. 70% was probably enough to make it marginally negative EV. But it's okay. No one's getting rich betting marginally positive and no one's getting rich betting at marginally negative, right? Anyway, there was a try. There was a converted try from 0 to 20. There was a converted try from 20 to 40. Uh, there was a penalty try from 
40 to 60 and there was a converted try from 60 to 80. So the 40 to 60 uh, part of the puzzle is the only um, questionable one. Now, obviously what you do when you have a problem, you look into the sportsbook's rules and you look into William Hill's rules and they do not mention or, you know, they don't say what happens if there is a penalty try in terms of how... Does that count as a converted try? You see, up to a few years ago, you would get a penalty try and um, you would have to convert it and the conversion would be right in front of the posts. But they changed that and just made it in under world rugby rules, it was an automatic conversion. So you could argue that a penalty try is a converted try. It's a try that is converted already. If you look in some other rule books like bet365 and uh, it, uh, they have a rule for you know if you are betting on the number of converted tries in a match and there is a penalty try a penalty try does count if you look at sky it says it voids so at least those two bookmakers are particularly clear William Hill make no reference to it. Of course they don't. Like it's never happened before in any rugby game ever and there's never been any kind of ambiguity about this. So I tweeted them, you know, hoping that they might be able to help out and they were incredibly helpful. They uh, tweeted back, here are the rules and they linked rugby league's rules. So not only had I read the rugby union rules and they weren't helpful, um, they tweeted the rules to another sport completely. And even if they tweeted the correct sport, it wouldn't have been helpful. So I asked for clarity on that and they didn't get back to me. Congratulations to you. Your social media presence is literally as useful as a chocolate teapot. So... um, the, anyone that was on it, I advised email customer services at William Hill, first port of call. It's almost like painting by numbers here. You know the first port of call is not going to overturn the decision. We know this isn't going to happen. We all, we've all we been through down this line a million times before. We're going to complain to customer services. Customer services are going to say the bet's a loser. Then we're going to take it further and we're going to get paid out. Like, do we need to go through this charade every time? Apparently we do. So we emailed customer services. We said, look, you haven't paid this out as a bet. There is ambiguity over whether a penalty try counts as a converted try or not. The thing is, you know, a penalty try is technically under Rugby World Cup rules an automatic converted try. Your competitors at worst say it's void and at best say that it is a win. Okay, nobody says that it's a lose. That's the one thing that we've got on our side. So going by common practice, right, we are on either a winner or a void. Give us our money back or pay us out as a win. This seems to be one of the two options that are available to William Hill just now. Settling it as a loss and keeping our money, that's not fair. Right, that's not fair game. Don't allow them to do it. They get away with it because they can. And they, they must have taken so many people people's money for this because it was a boost during the boost hour, which they do a little bit earlier for these games. So, of course, customer service came back. It was the same guy every single time. I think his name was Liam. And he said, um, there was no converted try, right? Just completely dismissing World Rugby's terminology about the fact that a penalty try is an automatic converted try so now we have to go through the rigmarole of threatening arbitration and probably having to go through with arbitration and it will be i would imagine it would be the very first step of our arbitration where we see a letter through the post from william hill saying that through a gesture of goodwill they are going to pay out this one time like they have done every single time before but do be noted, we are still in the wrong. William Hill, Lord Almighty, is just handing out this olive branch to us for no reason whatsoever. Uh, what's going up this weekend? Not a lot. I, um, there's no Premiership. There is no Rugby World Cup because the Japanese have invented a typhoon-making machine that is going to cause Scotland to be ejected from the World Cup and Japan go through. 
um, and we have the Euro 2020 qualifiers going on as well. Whatever it is that you're betting on, do make sure it's value. This is Tom signing out. Did the earth move for you? Did the earth move for you? Did the earth move for you?